streamingatnewspress.com. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Chrysell and Diane Duvernay are your hosts every week right here on AM 1290, FM 96.9, and streaming at AM 1290, KZSB.com. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets, and in Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with a personal care and attention of a small independent firm, coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Neil, great news. You don't have to complain any longer. We are seeing the sun. We did? Is that what that is? Yes, I know. You forgot. Every week you were complaining about it. So I thought today we could close that loop. The sun is back. And not only is the sun back, but you're going on vacation. I am. It's a little summer vacation. But before we go, we have a great guest today. We have Nikki Parr, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Women's Economic Ventures, an organization near and dear to my heart, who does does so much great work in our community, helping people start their businesses. So Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time today to be with us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So uh, the first article today is uh, a subject that we've never done before, Diane. This is this is breaking. Uh, it's a, Are we it's talking a, about Russia? No, it's an obituary in the New York Times. Oh. We don't usually discuss it. This obituary. is interesting. I'm waiting to see what, what comes next. Well, it's an obituary for Harry Markowitz, uh, who is a Nobel Prize winner, um, who was the founding... Uh, uh, scientist, founder, uh, creator of modern portfolio theory, and it's it's suitably uh, it's it's appropriately uh, a half a page in the New York Times, and it begins by saying that in in in, um, uh, in before 1952, um, the general view was that you chose a stock and that's what you invested in based upon your view, which were the which was just simply the best company. In 1952, his uh, dissertation, Portfolio Selection, which overturned this common sense approach, uh, basically said, look, it's not simply the stock and the uh, discounted value of the future earnings, which was the general view of most scientists and economists in those days, but it's the interaction between each stock based upon uh, the probabilities of achieving the uh, results that you assume uh, is going to make that stock valuable. So what his theory was that if you uh, put probabilities on success of each stock and uh, put them into an equation, which results in what's called the efficient market uh, 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 curve, uh, you were able to have the same expected return of the highest company, but you also had a lower standard deviation or less risk. So uh, assuming you had uh, five stocks, all that expect a 10% return, if they had a standard deviation and variance against the stock market different from each other, you may end up with the same 10% return, but with half the risk. And it revolutionized investing for 40 years. And um, there are now theories that uh, argue against that, one of which we've talked about before, Nicholas Taleb, which wrote Black Swan, where he said that anything that relies on the assumption that we're in a normal distribution world uh, makes no sense. And in order to make these calculations, Markowitz did assume that we're in a normal distribution system. Nevertheless, uh, the Sharpe ratio and other things that are used, beta that are used today is all based upon Markowitz thinking. So he is uh, not for the person on the street, maybe, but for uh, people who study the stock market and actually people who use it that don't know his name. 
he is a, a major figure. Absolutely. Uh, and he is also a Californian, lives in, lived in San Diego. Oh, did you read the, did you know that? Or did you read the obituary too? I just Googled him. Oh, you just Googled him. Okay. <laughs> that was not in the, in the, um, in the obituary. Yes. Um, the next article is the, ask the question, is the inflation battle won, which is so critical to the current stock market question of where we're going. And uh, here's what the article basically says, is that gas, uh, grocery prices, um, <clears throat> uh, rents are all <clears throat> either flat or going down in terms of price. But uh, core inflation, when you take out food and fuel, <clears throat> is actually pretty high. And so you've got this dichotomy between um, the uh, what the certain prices and other prices that are going in different directions. And that's why we're looking at uh, the question of should we be stopping increases in interest rates or um, do we still need to have some more, which is the big question that affects the stock market today. Well, and I think Jerome Powell, when he testified in front of Congress, he basically said expect more at least a half a point more in interest rates before the year end and so when you think about that this next meeting coming up i think it's well priced into the stock market that there'll at least be a quarter increase um, based upon his comments to congress now as an average american what what most people are struggling with is food costs and energy costs and so you know, it could feel in consumers' pocketbooks a little relief if those two categories come down, regardless of what core inflation is doing. And really, the consumer spending is what propels our economy forward in terms of GDP growth. Uh, yeah, good point. And as one of the points at the end of the article, it talks about one of the factors that is pushing inflation is the fact that people who went through COVID uh, without going on vacation or buying something new, uh, feel that this is the time now to spend. People are uh, spending more uh, than they were before on eating out, on going on vacations, flying. And so you've got this uh, sort of paradox where the economy is is wavering. Corporate profits are not expected to be as anywhere near as good as, as a year ago. And yet uh, people are still going out and spending money, which is inflationary. And I even um, heard this morning and uh, a statistic came out that people are eating out more and taking in, taking out more than they did even in the pre-pandemic levels. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good sign for restaurateurs out there. Yeah. Uh, the next article is, is um, just a, a note here that this is in the Wall Street Journal on Sunday that uh, SVB, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, you know, we talk about the uh, problems uh, of uh, the bank and and the fact that the government had to come in and 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 bail out uh, the bank's depositors. the The one group that didn't get bailed out are the employees of the bank who had their pension, their four hundred one k money invested in the bank. And so, you know, all of those employees, at least for the moment, have lost everything besides their jobs. And you know that that's the same for First Republic as well. You know, many people have deferred compensation plans where, you know, you're you're not taking the money that you earned this year, but rather investing it in the deferred compensation plan. And those deferred compensation plans are held on the balance sheet of the, the company. And consequently, many people lost much, if not most, of their retirement. Uh, the next article is uh, probably one of the reasons why the stock market's been so strong it's uh, the uh, fact that right now, nearly two thirds of all U.S. adults age 65 and older have money in the stock market, uh, which is the highest it's ever been. Uh, this is up from roughly half of Americans that at the same age had it before the 2008 crisis. So the, despite the fact that the market has had some difficult times in the last 10 years, baby boomers at least have decided as a group that they want to have money in the stock market, which sort of goes contrary to a lot of thinking that is, as you get older, you can be less aggressive in terms of looking for appreciation. But yet the numbers show that uh, 
maybe it's you know just history and people are just used to it but baby boomers are still hooked on the stock market i think a lot of it has to do with that transfer of wealth that's happened over the last decade from their parents down to them and much of that came in the form of stocks and a lot of people when they inherit things they you know they keep it in its original form you know whether it be IBM or Google or or whatever it may be. And so I think that also contributes to that number going up. And it's ultimately, it's good for them. You know, baby boomers are, we're all living longer and longer with medical advances. They need to keep up with inflation. And that's really what the stock market helps you to do with compounding interest. Yep. And the last article is really just a, uh, a statement from Goldman Sachs. Uh, Goldman Sachs predicts that uh, S&P 500 profits uh, will increase by 30% over the next decade because of artificial intelligence. And um, the reason for that is that they expect that a there'll be a 1.5% per year increase in productivity. But the, re, the other side of that coin is that the reason we're going to get an increase in productivity is because jobs will be replaced. So Goldman's talking about the increase in corporate profits because of profitability, uh, productivity, but the reality is, and this is one of the fears of AI, is that it is going to replace uh, people, and that's where the productivity is going to come from. Well, you know, and and I, I, I have to say there's been a lot of negative press about artificial intelligence, and the reality is, is that you still need people. People crave people. I think COVID taught us, if COVID didn't teach us that, I don't know what did. People want to be around people, at least most. And so you're going to see in this in this next iteration of artificial intelligence that there's you're going to have people seeking people out for jobs. And it may not be the traditional jobs that we've been doing, but rather other types of jobs. And that's what innovation is all about. So I think if we if the media would spend a little bit more time on the possibilities of AI instead of the fear of, you know, everyone coming to get your job, as a society, we will be able to embrace that innovation. Yeah, and that's been proven empirically. If you look over the last 200 years, all of the major changes from the steam engine to uh, the uh, computer has resulted not in less but in terms of overall employment, even more employment. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have a terrific guest today, Nikki Parr, the Chief Operating Officer at Women's Economic Ventures. Nikki, thank you so much for being here with us. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So tell us, how did you make your way to Santa Barbara? Uh, well, about 35 years ago, my family moved here uh, from the UK, and about 19 years ago, I was luckily able to join them. Oh, I was going to say, you've been here 35 years, you don't even look 35. <laughs> it's going to be like, wow, parents do have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of influence. <laughs> oh, that's great. And so did you come directly from the UK to California? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I moved from, I was living in Greenwich in London um, and then landed in Santa Barbara. And what a great place to arrive to. I haven't looked back since. And the weather is the same, right? It's identical, especially the first six months of this year. I think they're having warmer <laughs> weather in England than they are here now, actually. I know. So tell us a little bit about your professional life, because you haven't always um, been employed by nonprofits. And so what um, what brought you to Weave? And tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so... Um, I originally trained as um, a chartered accountant in England um, when I finished with university there. I did an undergrad in psychology and then took the sensible route <laughs> and went into finance because I wanted to get a job straight after college. Um, and in England, you, you kind of get your training on the job. Um, so I joined PricewaterhouseCoopers, although at the time it was Coopers and Lybrand, um, and, and worked through their accounting program. Um, ended up in forensic accounting there for a couple of years and then moved into industry um, working for one of the um, FTSE 100 companies, um, International Wines and Spirits. Um, and then when I moved to the US, I, um, I was a mother at that time as well and, and kind of wanted to step back from corporate life for a little while reevaluate and I think as a lot of people do when they come to California get a master's in psychology so that was what I did <laughs> um, but then really took the time to to figure out what was next um, and and really wanted to kind of almost combine all of the elements of my um, professional career and that led me to um, nonprofits and more specifically to weave where I'm able to combine um, my business background with also my psychology background. And it, it's been absolutely terrific. And so forensic accounting, let's talk about that for a minute. That sounds that sounds exciting. What exactly did you do? Did you do it for um, corporations or the um, part of the audit side of the business? Or? Well, so yeah, so I, I, soon after joining Coopers as an accountant, I, I realized that it wasn't the, the sexiest of professions. Um, and wanted to find a sort of interesting aspect or more interesting aspect um, within the accounting field. And, and that led me to the forensic accounting part. Um, back then I was working on mainly business interruption um, cases, so of small businesses. And, you know, if there was an, a personal injury or if there was an interruption from, um, I don't know, construction projects that were happening, um, we had to calculate what the financial damages and ramifications of that were. Then I moved over to more of the fraud prevention and fraud investigation side. Um, when I went into um, Allied Demac at the time, I was working, it was a big global international company and I was doing international um, fraud prevention within that organization. And so then when I moved to Santa Barbara, it was like, how do I continue this? And it, it, was, it was a little trickier, <laughs> but, it, but it gave me such great um, context for a lot of the work that I started doing at Weave um, in terms of the business interruption aspects. So tell us about women's economic services and what, what products they provide to people in our community. So WEAVE, um, which is the acronym for Women's Economic Ventures, is really geared towards supporting small business owners. 
And we do it in a very practical, hands-on way. Um, we uh, have courses that will walk you through all the nuts and bolts of how to, how to start a small business, how to write a very comprehensive business plan. Um, we have different classes on small business finance and digital marketing. Um, but then we also provide business advisory and consulting services, working one-on-one -on -one with a small business owner, and then access to capital. So we provide funding um, for startup and expansion from $5,000 to $50,000. Does a small business have to pay you for the, your counseling? Um, we make our services very accessible. So yes, there is a fee, but it's more of a nominal fee um, than anything that's going to bring revenue into Weave in a meaningful way. It's far more important for us to make our um, programs and services available to as many people as possible, and we don't want the cost of those to be prohibitive. And where is the geographical region that you serve? So um, we have offices in Santa Barbara and now in Camarillo. We cover Santa Barbara County all the way up to north to Santa Maria and in Ventura County all the way down to Thousand Oaks and across over to Santa Paula. So we have a pretty big area that we that we serve. And within those those areas, share with us um, share with us a, a story of a, a typical weave client. So. A person comes looking to start their business. What is what would be their natural journey through the organization? So um, we have a couple of courses that we would probably direct them to initially. Um, the first is um, called Explore, which literally will walk them through that process of do I actually want to start this business? Am I actually ready to start this business? because we do have um, quite a few people that will think that they want to take their hobby, um, that they've always dreamed of running a bakery or opening a cafe or, um, I don't know, making some incredible art and selling it. But are they actually ready to turn that hobby into a business? And are they um, financially ready, emotionally ready? Are they ready for the commitment of being a small business owner? Is there a market? Um, is what they're going to put out into the world viable as a business concept? So Explore is a pretty short course. It's only four weeks, but it really starts to help you think through those key questions because it's an enormous commitment to start a business. And many, many um, businesses will fail um, pretty early on if they haven't gone through that preparation. Um, so if, if you sort of go through Explore and it's like, yes, this is still looking good, then we have another couple of courses that will help you write a business plan or some short form business plan. Our most well-known course is called SET, S-E-T, Smart Entrepreneurial Training. It's a 14-week program, very comprehensive. Um, and we want people to finish that program and launch their business. So Explore is a way to help kind of sift through those that may not be quite ready before starting in with um, the SET course, which has helped launch many, many businesses in Santa Barbara and Ventura County. Well, I think it's important to recognize that Explore sounds like a fabulous addition from when I was involved because you know, finding out that your business is not viable is a lot better before you sink all this time, energy, and money into it and realize that it isn't viable. So that that's a great addition to the programs um, at Women's Economic Ventures. Yeah, it, it's been very, very popular um, and has been, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with recognizing that small business ownership isn't for you either. You know, you can save yourself the joy of, of still being able to do the things you love to do without having to monetize it. Um, and yeah, so we're happy with how that course is going. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that Renee gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. 
Since 1948, Direct Relief has worked in the U.S. and worldwide to equip doctors and nurses with life-saving medical resources. Here's Dean Axelrod. Direct Relief is a humanitarian organization. We support local healthcare facilities here in Santa Barbara in all 50 states and around the world. We support them by supporting programs like maternal and child health, disease prevention and treatment, and disaster preparedness and response. Direct Relief doesn't receive any government grant money. All of the support Direct Relief receives is through private donations. Our donors know that none of the money they donate is going to go to pay for fundraising expenses or the CEO's salary. It goes directly to programs with less than 1% of all of our donations going to pay for administrative overhead. To learn more about Direct Relief, to volunteer, or to make a donation, go to directrelief.org. That's directrelief.org or call 805-964-4767. Please remember, Smokey Bear's friends mow their yard before 10 a.m. or after 6 p.m., and never when it's windy or dry. Lawnmowers are designed to mow green lawns, not weeds or dry grass. Remove rocks in the area before you begin operating equipment. A rock hidden in the grass or weeds is enough to start a fire when struck by a metal blade. Remember, one less spark is one less wildfire. Visit us at www.preventwildfireca.org. The California Statewide Fire Prevention Program is grateful for your cooperation. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. Before the break, you were talking about the first uh, uh, course. Uh, by the way, the, the word course for a New Yorker is very difficult because it has an R and an S at the end. It's very difficult to say course. But anyway, that first course... Uh, how many people, um, what percentage of the people uh, say, you know what, it's not for me? And how many people say, I'm going to go on? Is 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 there a, you know, a, ge- a general rule? There's not a general rule. I'd say that more than half of people that come through Explore will move on um, to take the other courses and, and, and prepare to launch. And then, you know, not 100% of the people that complete the set course will launch as well. So we just provide all the tools um, and the support, and then it's up to the individual to take that next step. We just hope that we can provide as much support as possible. So one of the success uh, stories for your group is you not only help people uh, create a business, you also prevent people from losing their money. That is so true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. So aside from the Explore program and the SET program, what other programs does WEAVE have? So um, in terms of training courses that we have, we also have something called Get Your Small Business Online, um, which has become very popular in the last couple of years. We noticed that since the pandemic, or actually during the pandemic, during lockdown, the businesses that didn't have a web presence Um, really put themselves at a disadvantage. And so we wanted to provide a training that would help all small business owners um, to get some sort of web presence, whether it's a website, social media marketing, email marketing, e-commerce. And then we've also recently launched a financial education program. Um, I recognize that um, many small business owners Um, are not financially confident and that this was really key um, to help them be more successful as business owners. And so we introduced uh, some financial education, financial literacy trainings that have also become pretty popular within the organization. Two things that business owners ask us most about are um, improving finance knowledge and improving marketing knowledge. So we try and meet that need. And then in addition to the training courses, we also have our, our consulting and advisory program, um, which is just general business advice, also some specialist advice on marketing and finance, QuickBooks coaching. Um, and then we also have the funding for businesses as well. Who, who does the teaching? Do you have volunteers or do you have people on staff? So for our advisors and instructors, they're actually paid employees, they're part-time employees. And then we also have volunteers that will help us more on an ad hoc basis if perhaps they have very specific industry special knowledge. 
And so um, let's talk a minute about the small loan fund. And so tell us, tell us about that um, program and, and how it works in the community. Yeah. So what many people believe is that, um, that banks are the primary lenders to small and micro businesses. And, and that simply isn't the case. Um, because of the size of the loans that are needed and because of um, the fact that a lot of new business owners are maybe unproven, um, many of the regional and bigger banks are just a little reluctant to, to take that risk. And so what they do is they um, either donate or lend funds to institutions like Weave so that we can be that organization on the ground making those loans to the sort of small and micro business owner. So um, we have our loan program that provides loans from $5,000 up to $50,000. It's really geared towards those newer business owners who may not have the proven um, years in business, um, or even you know the kind of collateral that some of the bigger banks would be expecting to see. So it's a very accessible, very hands-on um, lending program, and we, we take a very kind of um, holistic view of the um, applicant and work very closely with them to make sure they have all their documentation in place and that we can kind of really get them over the finish line and be able to help them launch their business or invest in their business in a way that will bring them greater success. Who is the ultimate lender? Is it the bank or do you get the money and it's your money? Yeah, no, it's it's Weave. So Weave is the lender. We are what's known as a CDFI which is a community development financial institution. So our funds will come from banks or government, um, but we are the lender ourselves and we're the ones that are taking on the risk of those loans as well. So how do you how do you compensate the banks for giving you the money? Um, well, they it's we pay them interest, um, a low level of interest, and then they are able to let us charge them interest as well. It's there's there is an interest rate that's attached to our loans. So do you have amortization or as the years go on, your loan balance gets bigger and bigger as you become more successful? Um, well, no, we have amortization to a limited degree, but you're getting technical now and I'd have to refer you to our director of funding. <laughs> and so also the banks get community development um, credits because every banking institution has to fulfill yes. regulatory wise community development credits. And that is what the banks are also doing by investing in Weave's small business loan fund. And so talk us through, you know, $50,000 has been the, the maximum on that loan fund since, gosh, I want to say 2008, I think it, it raised. Is there any talk about raising that or given, you know, costs and inflation has gone up, what is the average size loan that you lend out? Yeah, well, there, there's a, Two excellent questions, and I'll tell you that up until recently, our maximum loan was was up to one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, but what we have found is that um, during the pandemic and since the pandemic, demand for our loans has gone up because our interest rate um, was very competitive, and we basically had to put a cap back down at fifty thousand in order to have enough capital to lend out to as many people as possible. So that's really why we've had to bring it down. It's it's more limitations on the loan capital that's available in our pool right now, um, rather than us not desiring to lend at the higher amounts. Um, we would love to see that go back up, but it, it's a matter of capital. And as you know, just from your intro, it's expensive right now compared to what it used to be. Um, that being said, uh, our, our average loan size is probably around the $25,000 mark. And so, you know, just pegging it back a little bit allows us to keep lending at that rate rather than having a few loans that suck up all the available capital. And also it diversifies the organization's risk as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it just, yeah, it keeps us open to lending to more and more people. The money cycles back in, you know, within a few years and we can relend it. So. And really this concept is very much like Mohammed Yunus's concept, however, in you know, developing countries, it's $500. In the US, it's $50,000. And so that's really the, the difference, you know, when I hear about people speaking about Mohammed Yunus and how wonderful it is, the level of capital is just so much less that, you know, 
yes, it is wonderful for where he's in, where he's at in terms of geographic region, but it just it's too small of a number to actually be impactful here in the U.S. Yeah, and that's definitely where I think Weave steps in and fills that void for the for our um, small business owners. Now, with the, with the lending component, do the clients who get loans have to have some of your business training before they're eligible? They don't have to, but we would strongly encourage it. And if someone um, applies for a loan and they don't have a business plan, which is one of our requirements, then we will either put them through one of the training programs or have them work with an advisor so that they can get that um, plan written. And then again, we strongly encourage them to participate in as many of the programs that we offer. Um, you know, this is, this is, it, it's, it's educating them and that we want them to be a stronger business owner and that we have all these tailored programs available that will help them become more successful. So it's just opening their eyes to knowing that the support is there and asking for the help um, and not being afraid to ask for it. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that Renee gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank, and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. Tell me your story. It's on the air. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We're also on YouTube where you can watch the interviews. Join us on any one of those platforms and listen to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have Nikki Parr, the Chief Operating Officer at Women's Economic Ventures with us. And before the break, we were talking about the Small um, Business Loan Fund and how, um, how, you know, the level of loans. How long has the loan fund been going on in our community and how much of, of an impact would you say it has? How, I guess my real question is how much money has we've lent out to our community small business owners? Oh, Diane, that's a great question. Well, we have been in existence for 30 years, just over 30 years. And the loan program was really the, it was there from the beginning. It was, it was kind of why the organization was founded in part. Um, women could go get a loan for their kitchen, but they couldn't get a loan for their business. And um, our founder, Marsha Bailey, wanted to 
correct that anomaly. So um, in the last 30 years, I don't have an exact number for you. I'd say that we've lent millions um, during that time and helped start thousands of businesses in the region. Um, we've has had a very meaningful impact on this community. Um, people say, if I if I tell them where I'm working, they say, "Oh my God, I love Weave," and my friend took a course with Weave, and you know, we're 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 definitely known as being a, a small business champion in this in this community. Has other organizations in other places copied you? Um, I would say that we have inspired other women's business centers across the U.S. Um, again, Marsha was kind of a, a trailblazer in in that regard. Um, I think, and Marsha was was a part of the uh, national organization and lobbying for small business centers across the country. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think the combination of what we do is still quite unique. You'll have people that do lending and consulting, or you'll have organizations that do training. Um, but for us to do all three, I think is still quite rare. And as I said, we're adding on things like the financial education component as well. Uh, we're constantly evolving. That's that's kind of one of the important aspects. You know, we serve entrepreneurs, but we also need to be entrepreneurial in in how we go about our business as well. And so how would you say your experience being an accountant at PricewaterhouseCoopers has helped you in your weave journey? It's one of those things that at the time you don't realize, but then you look back and you can see all of these different elements of, of a professional career adding up um, and informing who you are today. So when I look back, um, first, the training is very rigorous. It's very comprehensive. Um, you're working for a big international firm so that the caliber of the training is great. But really, it was the ability to work with many different sized businesses in many different industries um, that that I think really informed my um, ability to interact with different business owners today. It, it's just kind of the breadth and the professionalism of the training I got there was was excellent. Well, I find it to be really interesting as I've watched the organization evolve, you know, on staff now, you have more and more professional women working at Weave now as a second career than ever before. And, you know, from the new CEO, Kathy O'Dell, who's always been an entrepreneur in town, to yourself, to Kate, you know, you, you really you know, to Marnie, pretty much when I look out there and look, read your bios, I, I see women who are who are teaching other women in a in a second career if, if you will yeah it's pretty awesome sorry neil were you gonna say something no I, oh. no <laughs> I, I i was told not, I, not to uh not to ask any more questions <laughs> no i think i think there has been a trend um to to people kind of leaving the corporate world and um, moving into nonprofit and and nonprofits are really benefiting from the the skills that are developed um, in the for profit world where there's you know more money available for training and development generally and and just the different kinds of industry specialisms and then bringing those skills and expertise into the nonprofits and you know it, it's I know within Weave it's been really really beneficial uh i work with an incredible group of of women here so given well, your is. given your accounting degree do you ever teach the the financial course i don't but i did help write it um and and it was a very interesting exercise because i had to dial back um it's it's strange you know you sort of acquire a perspective and and forget that for most people financials and numbers are not an area that they're comfortable with. And, and we have, it's very important that we pitch the course um, to people to make it easy to understand for them. And so I had to keep kind of, you know, bringing it back to a, a much more understandable level than, you know, the sort of chartered accountant level. Um, you know, when I, when I moved here, I, I, I taught for 12 years at city college and I found it to be the most difficult thing I've ever done because when you, I was a securities analyst on Wall Street, and I thought I knew the subject, but it's like 
I could tell you how to use a word, but I didn't know the dictionary definition. And I think that in order to teach something, you really have to know it much more thoroughly than you do when you're actually using it. So teaching is is quite a, a, diff a different and difficult task. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the, the ins and outs of small business finance are very different to the ins and outs of corporate finance and, and being able to understand that perspective and communicate that perspective. It, I definitely found it challenging um, and humbling. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And so, you know, speaking of writing the curriculum, how does that process work and how often do you update the curriculum so let's say if somebody took the set class 10 years ago, would it benefit them to take it again today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we took the opportunity during the pandemic to um, overhaul set, um, update, explore, and then write two new courses. And, and up until pre-pandemic, we hadn't done very much in the way of updating, but we took a lot of our courses online. Um, during that time and, you know, really just made them a lot more kind of 21st century um, and, you know, business changes as well. So we had to take into account all the different evolutions that have happened in small business and e-commerce and that kind of thing. How many clients do you have now? Uh, we serve about 900 clients a year. Wow. Across the, the gamut of our programs. Yeah. Wow. That's terrific. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back with our final segment. When you're farming a vineyard, you have 180 days to bring about a certain quality for the eventual wine. With a bank like American Riviera Bank, it's really comforting to have a partner that understands the agricultural landscape. Having people that communicate quickly with us, that are able to be flexible in how we're doing our business on a day-to-day -day basis has been a real strength in what we bring to our client base. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. The Santa Barbara Foresters 2023 season is underway here on KZSB, AM and FM, and the team still needs a few host families for the players to stay with. Here's Bill Pintard. That's my pressing need right now. It's keeping me up at night. Host families. Last year, we finished in the red for the first time because we had to pay for some housing. When we recruit guys and we talk about the player, we ask the coaches about his character, what kind of citizen they are, because host families are open up their homes. So we bet all our guys that come in. You should get hold of us if you're interested at info at sbforesters.org or 805-684-0657. We are in dire need of some host families. If you'd like to be a host family for the 2023 Santa Barbara Foresters season, email info at sbforesters.org or call 805-684-0657. As Californians, we know that an earthquake can strike at any time. Having a plan on what to do when the shaking starts is vital. The only thing better would be to also receive an alert that the shaking is coming. Earthquake experts and public safety officials in California are developing an earthquake early warning system. Even a few seconds of notice could allow you to take action. For more information on the future of earthquake early warning, go to calalerts.org. Sponsored by the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services, aired by the California Broadcasters. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. So, Nikki, as the Chief Operating Officer, what would you say the ultimate goal of Women's Economic Ventures is? It's really to bring economic prosperity um, to the individual and to the community. But the way that we do that is through entrepreneurship. So our, our role is to help entrepreneurs become as successful as possible so that they can increase their level of household income, so that they can employ other people to increase their level of household income, to put money back into the community, to build a vibrant community. So it's all these different interconnected elements um, that is so important um, but also, you know, really increasing uh, 
economic wealth, economic health, um, individual confidence, and, and the way that we do that is through entrepreneurship. And so with that, do you think that Weave will ever reach its strategic goals, you know, to help women be on equal footing, if you will, with with our male counterparts? Um, I would love that to be the case. Um, and we will keep working as hard as we can to help business owners be successful. Um, there are so many elements of being a small business owner that are challenging, whether you're a woman or a man. Um, you know, just even living in this community with the natural disasters that we've had, um, with the pandemic, with the economic climate as as it is today, um, there's just there's never an end to. Um, the challenges that face a small business owner. And really we see it as, as incumbent upon organizations like ours to keep adapting and ensuring that we're giving small business owners every opportunity to be successful, to grow their income, to grow their revenue and to stay in business. Absolutely, which is super helpful. And you know, just to clarify, you do help both men and women entrepreneurs, but you, you're focused more on women as as a as a group, but you do help both, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And and in fact, over the last few years, um, we've increased our services and programs that are available in Spanish. And um, as a result, we're seeing some more men come into the programs that way too. Um, but you know, we, as I said, we really just try and give the best possible business support that we can. Um, we welcome men to come into our programs, um, but yeah, we're we're here to support all business owners. Well, gosh, your financial education program, if only it could also be included at the uh, high school level, that would be extremely helpful to society at large, for sure. So thank you for creating that program. Now, for anyone who's been listening that wants to either donate to women's economic ventures or look to get involved or they're, they're an entrepreneur and look to maybe take some some classes from you, What's the best way for them to get get in touch with the organization? Yeah, so we have a website, weaveonline.org. So that's W-E-V-O-N-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G. Um, there's a lot of information on that website from yep, donating to volunteering to signing up for our programs. Um, it's, it's all there. And we really welcome people to get involved you know we build a community within our own organization and we have a community for donors clients volunteers instructors advisors and on that note how much of the budget would you say is program fees versus um, private donations very little is program fees um, it's really important to us as I said earlier that we price all of our programs and services um, as as affordably as possible. And, and to do that, we rely on donations um, from um, foundations, from private donors. Um, and then we also get some grant and bank money as well. But yeah, we're very grateful to our donors for making our programs accessible to everybody. Uh, Nikki Parr, COO of Weave, thank you so much for all you do and for all you've done for the community and continue to do. And thank you all for listening to Money Talk and we'll see you all next week. Yeah.